I have scriptures to read and typically we would just land with one but scripture but let's let's take notice are you ready Genesis chapter 12 and then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 they're connected but we need to hear them Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 I'll wait for you a moment Now the Lord had said unto Abram, his name will be changed to Abraham, but not until he has the promise of a son in his hand. So just know that Abram is Abraham. This is what the Lord said. This is, there's no lead in. (laughs) There's no salutation. Hello, good morning, Abram. This is God. This is just a very strict and stripped down command from God. The Lord said, get thee out of thy country. Leave your kindred. Go from your father's house unto a land that I will show thee. That's what you do, and this is what I'll do. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. Did you know that the Lord will not bless you without making you a blessing? Did you know that? His design to bless you is so that you can be a blessing. He didn't bless you just so you could hoard whatever blessing he gave you. I'm going to bless you, and you're going to bless others. Now, if you don't want to bless others... That might be the reason why you're not blessed. (laughs) Well, I should just pause right there and preach that all day long. You've been wanting a blessing, but you don't bless anybody. You've been wanting a healing, but you don't pray for healing for anyone else. You want your home to be restored, but you don't care about anyone else's home. But if you'll start caring about everybody else, he'll say, I can trust you with a blessing. All right. have to move on you know and I will bless them that bless thee uh oh there's a hedge of protection right there and I will curse them that curse thee and in you shall all families of the earth be blessed I just want to read just the first stanza portion of verse 4 so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him now Hebrews chapter 11 I'll read from two different versions. We'll start with the King James. This is verse 8. In in Hebrews chapter 11, we call this the hall of faith. So Hebrews 11 is, is determined by many scholars as the hall of faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. Here's here's another version. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. 
you get up, you start walking, I'll show you where you're going to end up. Don't worry. Don't be concerned. I'm going to show you. All you have to do is get up, obey. You don't need to think about this. And if you'll just do this, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to put a hedge around you. Everyone who blesses you, they're going to be blessed. Everyone curses you, they're going to be cursed. I'm going to put something new and everybody say, I'm blessed because of that person. And I preach today. It's a lonely ride, but a change must come. up your hands and your voices right now. In the name of the Most High God, we call on the name which is above every other name. I pray right now for everyone who is in this house and everyone who is watching and everyone who will watch it. Lord, I pray right now, put your Holy Spirit upon them. Let us be endued with power from on high. And all the people said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated when you get down there. Just clap your hands one more time because we're offering God praise. If you got a shout in your mouth, just open up your mouth and say, hallelujah. Someone just out out of your mouth, just say, Jesus. Uh, I've been waiting for this moment. You know those little old jack-in-the-box things where you would just wind them, wind them, wind them, wind them, boom, it just popped out. I don't know who you are, but I'm preaching to one. (laughs) Most of the New Testament was written by one man. The Apostle Paul. Paul writes a plethora of ideas and concepts born from the mind of God. The Bible is God breathed. Paul will insert a small phrase in the letter to the church at Rome. Now the context of his writing concerns the coming death of all people. He speaks of the human body as a temporary tent. In this tent, he said, we groan, being burdened. But then he inserts this small phrase. It it seems like a deviation from the subject at hand. He writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Regardless of the minimal call-out, This subject matter is the arcing subject atop the ages of time. And Paul will offer sufficient attention to it in the course of his ministry and subsequent writings. We walk by faith, he said. We live by something believed. There is no sight. In fact, faith itself is the evidence that we hold. 
Paul will often stand alone in the face of opposition, so he is familiar with what he speaks of and what he writes about. His whole life was a walk by faith. He journeyed through his ministry, and there will be many troubles along the way. He'll experience a shipwreck, a day and a night drifting in the open water. He will cling to broken boards and fragments, both literally and figuratively, throughout the course of his life. He will be beaten with rods and whips. He'll be stoned, left for dead. He'll be without food many times because he's walking by faith and the ride is a lonely ride often. But Paul is walking and living by something that he has in his heart that he cannot see. And he believes it so strong that he embeds in his lifestyle the continuation of this great gospel. Because he believes that it's bigger than him. He was right. Here I am a couple thousand years later preaching about him. The gospel to him is more important than his image or his reputation. It transcends even his own small frame of ministry. And in the end, Paul will give his life, his head, for it. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk without tangible proof. But our faith is enough. However, I'd be remiss in my duties if I did not tell you that walking by faith is often a lonely ride. But there must be a change. Often in this life, few understand or grasp your desire to seek the kingdom. I'm talking to you, one of you. You want the kingdom to come in your life. But something inside of you knows that you cannot stay stagnant and you must make a move. And today is the day you make a move. It's got to be done by faith because the outcome is going to be uncertain. You don't know the result, but you've got to say to yourself, I've got to make some kind of change now. It's got to be a radical change. It's an intellectual change. It's an emotional change. It's a physical change. You might have to do it all by yourself. Oh man, I wish I knew who you were. I wrote this in my notes. This is this is in in our family conversation since I was a baby. And it reminds me, I'm reminded often of it. In our community where we lived and where my grandparents lived, my grandmother, grandfather, my grandfather Farino came from Rome and my grandmother came from Sicily. They came up through Louisiana and made their way into into the surrounding areas of the St. Louis uh, metro. My grandfather was a butcher. My grandmother was a seamstress. The whole community was full of the Italians. Uh, They helped each other out. They all went to mass together religiously. They were there multiple times a week. My Aunt Josephine 
had a hunger for God, she broke out and started reading the Bible, which was almost forbidden at the time. And she found a, a different church where they were preaching about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and she left the long-standing tenure of the Catholic Church, and in doing so, she made herself a foreigner to her whole community. For a long period of time, she was not welcomed back into my grandparents' home. And it took even longer for her to make the case about the truth. When she, when she finally did go back home to visit, she was just 25 years old, and she had four babies, and she had a negligent husband, just not even around. They didn't even let her bring her Bible back with her. They said, you can come back after a long time, but don't bring your Bible in this, in this house. <laughs> Talk about feeling abandoned. It's a lonely ride, but a change has got to come. I'll just say this for all of the folks that are here. I, I'm thankful for every person who has been given a heritage of Pentecost and how you protect it and keep it. And all of those who are second and third generation Pentecostals or beyond who are still, and this is the qualification, that you're still passionate about the kingdom. You're not just a churchgoer, but I'm thankful for you. If you've not sat back and folded your arms, if you've not boasted where you've come from, but you have sought the Lord with the same hunger as your parents and grandparents, I'm thankful for you. And I will say to you that it's not enough to be a multi-generational Christian or a multi-generational Pentecostal. If you're not sold out to what was purchased for you, you have to buy it for yourself. But I still say thank you. I want to say thank you to everyone who was born and raised in the church. Thank you. You're making this house deep. And if the Lord tarries, I pray that your children yet to be will be born and grow up as soul winners and givers and prayer warriors and Bible study teachers and preachers and song leaders and Sunday school teachers and servant leaders. <laughs> but having said all of that, I really want to pause and just recognize those of you who have not been born in this and you have no help and you've had no support. You are my hero. Those of you who have committed all by yourself and nobody's getting you up to come to church and you don't have to be here. And if you weren't here, nobody in your family would even care. I want to say thank you because you're setting a tone. It may be a lonely ride, but a change has got to come. Yay. Everybody makes a difference. Everybody makes a difference and everyone is important. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting anyone down. I just want to give recognition to everyone who said, I don't have to go. I don't have to be committed, but there's something in me. It might be lonely from time to time, but I am not going to sit where I used to be. I am going to make my way into the kingdom and into the church and into commitment. You are making a difference in this world. I want to say to you, you are rattling the spirit world. You are making a major ripple in the plans of the enemy. You are doing something that no one else can do because you are rising up all by yourself. I just want you to know you're really not by yourself. Your eyes haven't yet been opened because with you and God, you are surrounded and there's a heavenly host. It might look lonely, but a change has got to come.
And for all of us, it will be now and forever a walk by faith from now on. Let me just encourage you and correct you. (laughs) Don't think that living this life of holiness and godliness will be treated with kindness. Don't dare think that you can do anything for God's kingdom and not draw the attention and the ire of the devil's kingdom. You can't even start to get ready for church without the devil just hating everything you're doing. When you walk by faith, you are moving in the dimension of the Holy Ghost and the Almighty. The moment you walk by faith, you just stepped into a spiritual dimension. And I get it. Faith living sounds exciting until you start doing it. Because on this side of the equation, when the totals have, have not been added, it's difficult to see. On that side of the equation, when the totals are added and the result is in, of course we believe. See, after the fact, it's always easier than before. When you read this book and you know the end of the story, you gain a lot of confidence in the people that live the story. A widow woman obeys the prophet and her debt is solved through the flowing of oil. Another widow woman has a young son. She's on the brink of dying, but she gives away her last portion of bread and meal and God sustains her through the entire famine. A carnal captain from a, from a neighboring nation. <laughs> He obeys and dips seven times in the dirtiest of waters, but he comes up the seventh time healed of leprosy. None of that makes sense. On the left side of the equation, there's no logical reason to provoke the outcome seen on the right side. And yet, our walk of faith is the means by which we activate the supernatural world. You cannot do it through logic or sight or thought. But when you walk by faith, Claudette is going to help me in a moment. (laughs) Oh, man. She's going to help me. Did that mess you up right there? What is he talking about? See, I don't want you to go to sleep. Watch this. Abraham will live in great moments of intensity. It is no small thing for him to do what God commanded him to do. He's going to act without knowledge of the outcome. He will obey without anyone speaking to him. There's no testimony behind him to push him forward. Think of that. He never heard the testimony of someone doing anything like he was about to do. When you hear the testimonies of the saints... Of those who did it before you, it gives confidence. We need to hear that. And then we can follow them in the path. We rejoice in the, in the, in the result. There's, there's, there's assurance that we can press forward. But when you have no one behind you and you're doing something that no one else did in your family and you're making a move that really is not comfortable for you to move and to do something for the kingdom, it's a little bit disconcerting. Let me just tell you one more time. It may be a lonely ride, but when you make the change, you're going to set in motion things you cannot imagine. Now look at the Bible. From Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 11, it marks about 2,000 years of human history. And then God slams on the brakes and introduces 
Abraham to us. And for the next 14 chapters, we're told of one man's life, Abraham. He becomes the father of many nations. All the nations of the world will call him blessed. But before you arrive at those comforting and familiar scenes, remember that the road to doing something different is rife with trouble and bewilderment and of the unknown. To obey God without any knowledge of where you're going or the outcome when you cannot see it. It's a little more difficult than lip service. But until you see it, before you see it, you'll never see it. It's a lonely road. Here's Hebrews 11. Let me just say it again. By faith, when he was called, he went to a place, even though he did not know where he was going. It was not shown. It was unknown. It was undescribed. There was no map. There was no direction. Just leave your family. Go alone. He's 75 years old. He's no spring chicken. (laughs) I like the prior verse. He built an altar. Wherever he camped, he built an altar. Wherever he was, he made a sacrifice. He, in fact, sacrificed his way right into the unknown. He sacrificed his way right through the darkness. I'll be redundant here. He had blind faith. Listen to the letter to the church of Rome. Speaking of Abraham, Paul writes in Romans 4. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham. That means it's not just for the Jews, but it's also for us. He is the father of us all. (laughs) He's the father of us all. As it is written, verse 17, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God... This is, this is how Abraham saw God. He quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations because he had no evidence according to what was spoken by God. Here's verse 18. Let me do it again. Even when there was no hope, no reason, Even when there was no way, Abraham was acting like it had already happened. He had no proof. He moved like it was done. He had no hope, but he made the journey as if he knew where he would end up. He had hope against hope. No reason, no evidence. He was alone. Logically and biologically, he was too old to make a difference and he could not have a son. There's no rationale. He left his birthright, ladies and gentlemen. He abandoned his familiar surroundings and gave up his inheritance. He walked away from the family surroundings and the family farm. He traded the city for a desert. He gave up the predictable for the uncertain. He left the comfort of a home brick and mortar for a campfire by an oak tree in Marah. But something inside of him was stirring. It was a lonely ride. But he said, I'm going to believe God and a change is going to come in my life. Think of this. Children had not been given. The promise of a nation was inside of him, but there was no evidence to support it. Even his wife, he said, is too old to bear children. He could have stayed in the shadows of the present, but he walked in the light of the future. Even though it was unknown. I hope you are hearing me. I hope you're hearing the word of the Lord. This is for you. I'm breaking this bread for you. Like the lepers, the four lepers, sitting on the outside of the walls of the city of Samaria, 
The city is dying of hunger. It's drowning in a famine. People are wasting away. They're licking the dust from the ground. They are groaning in pain. But four lepers are sitting outside the walls. They are also dying from hunger, but they're also, and they're also dying from infection, hunger and infection. And they turn to one another and they say, if we go back from where, where we came from, we're going to die in the city. There's no help in the city. And if we sit here, we die also. We cannot sit here lest we die. Let's go forward. Those lepers will move toward the enemy's camp because the enemy had all the food and God will make their feet sound like a mighty army and the enemy will get up and run away fearing because the earth was rumbling and shaking and those four lepers will find themselves in front of the army the army's the, the enemy's camp there's there's meat there's pots of, of of stew there's hot bread there's all the food they can carry and eat but if they had come to this moment if they had not gone to that moment then they would they would have sat there they would have died if they went back they would have died why would we sit here till we die no one is going to go with us but we've got to make a change for our life because if we sit here we die if we go back where we came from going back ladies and gentlemen means that you compromise the revelation of all that has been given to you going back is reverting back to the lifestyle that God brought you from you must not you cannot go back I'm preaching to one don't go back where you came from I marvel that you are so soon removed don't go back and please, I'm begging you, don't sit where you were, where you are, weekend after weekend, watching a preacher without movement, without hunger. Watching and sitting is a silent killer. You might not be joined by anybody around you, and it might be a lonely ride. But a change is going to come. And the moment you decide, I'm going to take a stand, I'm going to make a change, I'm going to walk through commitment. Scroll back to the days of Daniel. The law of the land was set against Daniel. It was an ordinance, which was no less than the law of the land. The law of the land was against him. It demanded at that time that no one prays to any other God except for the state-sponsored God. You're not allowed to pray to any other God but the state-sponsored God. King Darius sealed it with his own signet ring, and it was a setup to snare Daniel. He was the unwritten subject of the law. A decree was set up to trap the people of God. And it started with Daniel. He was at the top of the list. No prayers were allowed. The king had put his signet ring to the parchment. The logical path for Daniel was to acquiesce and just be silent and don't do anything. To pray meant prison. But if you were going to pray, you were going to have to pray alone. I hope that you will not serve God alone, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that someone will support you. I hope that you have a support group and a family, maybe a friend. But if you have to walk this walk by faith alone, just know there's going to be evidence in time that the Lord is going to be with you. Do not be afraid. Get up and move towards God. Make a commitment towards God. If nobody's with you and it's a lonely ride, just know I'm making a change for my life. Ah. Mm. I think if you're going to be saved, you got to get radical. I'm not talking about crazy. But I think you're going to have to get radical. Because the world has shifted. Did you not know they're coming after you? Because you believe in the scripture. And it's the spirit of the age that hates the scripture. And if you adhere to the scripture, you're an enemy. 
Let me ask you, how long is it going to take for you to shake off those things you're holding back? Stop holding back. Don't sit there till you die. Make a change. Don't tell me, well, Pastor, I've been going to church all my life. Great. What about the kingdom? What about devotion? You can start with the outward. How about a clap? How about a dance? When's the last time you danced before the Lord? That's in the Bible. When's the last time you shouted? When's the last you cried? We had old terminology for this. Now, pardon me, but I got to introduce this to you. We called it being slain in the spirit. Anybody remember that? That means you just laid out on the floor, just spoke in tongues for as long as you could, just slain the spirit. How about being, how about you enter in prayer until you just get, just wiped out and say, I'm just getting lost in the spirit. I think we should follow what John said. I was, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I saw things in the spirit on the Lord's day. I didn't see on any other time. I'm talking about moving forward. I'm talking about not being status quo, not doing the same thing over and over and over and over again until you feel cold and indifferent because to stay silent, you're, you're dying silent. I think it's time for you to say, I'm going to start shouting. I'm going to start worshiping. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start marching. I'm going to start running. I'm going to start giving extraordinary. Let me just warn you, the first time that you make an extraordinary commitment or do something like this, you're going to feel awkward. You're going to think everybody's looking at me. You're also going to think people are just thinking that I'm trying to make a show. (laughs) You're going to have to get rid of all that nonsense and forget about everybody else. Because if you think about everybody else, you won't do what God wants you to do. You've been thinking about what people are going to say about you instead of thinking about what you need to do for the kingdom. Get up. Get out of that country. Get out of that seat. Get out of that mire. Get out of that mess. It's time for you to make a change. Yeah. Come on. I don't want religion. I want the Holy Ghost. I don't want custom and tradition. I want to move of the Spirit. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Brother Larry Dietz, Brother Larry Dietz, would you just stand up, Brother Larry Dietz? Would you just stand up? Larry Dietz, Brother Larry has been coming to the church for several months now, for a while here, him and his sweet wife, and we're praying for his healing. But while we were praying for his healing, his son had, had to have a heart surgery and 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 we just been praying over the phone and he's been he put it on speakerphone and then then we've been texting back for i just want you to know brother you're making a difference in your family and your son we're gonna pray right now your son's gonna be healed see when you watch us when you have a need you can't just sit and be quiet you gotta do something you gotta start praying you gotta hey listen and he's and his son's not out of the woods yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord is going to do a great work, and we're praying that let the ho- heavenly host of angels, Brother Larry, visit your son where he's at. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just lift up your hand right now, Brother Larry. Just lift up your hand. In the name of Jesus, we pray that a healing would come over him and his family. Yes. 
All right. Yeah. We're not sitting here till we die. It might be a lonely ride, but a change is going to come. Ah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, you don't know. You don't know what kind of God you serve. You just inch your toe out one moment and the Lord is running to find you. In fact, you just put it in your heart to make a commitment to God and he is showering you with blessing. I feel a stirring in the Holy Ghost. Now watch. This is one of my, it's not my favorite picture. I'm going to show you one of my favorite, but this is, this picture I'm going to show you, not yet. This picture I'm going to show you is in the top 10 of my pictures that I love. Not paintings, pictures. It's a familiar picture to us. <laughs> but I love the sweetness of the moment. There is a, there is a courage in the moment. <laughs> this is Rosa. I want to show you Rosa for a moment. Can we see Rosa? Sitting there with her soft Overcoat on. She's looking out of the window. Not knowing the result of what she's doing. She don't know. She's not thinking that decades later. Her picture is going to be in front of several thousand people. On a Sunday. Much less the millions. She don't know. The sweetness. With her dress on and her hat and her hair fixed so nicely. When that soft overcoat, you don't see the color of, of her outfit because it's, the picture is just cast in black and white. But, but she's taking a step. Now you think she's by herself and she is. But what she did is not predicated on the moment. There's something that predicates her. Something that gave her a little courage. You all know her and this picture. But you don't know Claudette. Because you don't get to Rosa until you get to Claudette. Claudette is not Rosa. Claudette is only 15. And in 1955, Claudette thought, mm, no, it's, the bus is jammed up. I'm a little tired of this because when Claudette would go to get a new pair of shoes, she was not allowed to try on the shoes. Instead, Claudette's mama had to get a cardboard box and tear it. And Claudette had to stick her foot in the middle of the box and draw an outline around her foot. And then they had to bring the outline of the, of her foot on that cardboard to the shoe store and try to match up a pair of shoes with the outline around her foot on the cardboard box. Now I'm going to show you one of my favorite pictures. Hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to show you Claudette. 15 years old, Claudette. Nine months 
before Rosa got on the bus. Claudette got on the bus and was arrested in Montgomery. Because Claudette said, the ride might be lonely, but a change has got to come. Come on, Claudette, you got to help us a little bit. Watch it now. If a little 15-year-old girl can have enough courage, even though she cannot even try on a new pair of shoes, and she can get on a bus knowing this is going to end badly, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what's going to happen to me, she is in obscurity. You don't see her, but you don't know what she began. What she began gave another person courage. I can do it too. Hey, I'm preaching to a people right now. You got to rise up and stand up and take courage and make a stand and say, nobody in my family is an apostolic. Nobody believes in Jesus, but a change has got to come. Just stay standing. I don't know how many 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds we have here. But do not think for one moment that you don't matter to the kingdom. The greatest Holy Ghost outpouring could come through you. You are poised. You are ready. You have the authority and the power. And if she can make a change in the world that rippled through time, I want to tell you, you've got it. You've got it. Don't tell me that you don't have it. You've got it. I say to you, get up. Stop going to work and trying to make a living. Go to work and start being a witness. God did not give you that job just so you can make money. He gave it to you so you could be a soul winner. You ought to be standing right now. You ought to be clapping your hands right now. You ought to be worshiping God right now. Come on, this is the easy place. Come on, right now. Here is the easy place. Speak it out of your mouth. A change is going to come in my life. A change is going to come in my home. Today a change is going to come. I might be fought. I might be rebuked. I might be alone. But I know that something's got to change. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of religiosity. I rebuke that spirit, Lord. And I bind it. And I bind the spirit of tradition. And I loose the spirit of freedom. And I loose the spirit of hunger and desire. I'm preaching to you. 
You and me right now, you and me right now, you're going to get up from this place and you're never going to be the same. You're going to get up from this house and you're going to be different altogether. And I want to warn you, you're going to be alone for a little bit. But you're going to start something that's going to cause a ripple. And months from now, there's going to be something that's happening to you. I'm not trying to play the trivia game. But it was nine months after Claudette sat in her seat and refused to get up. Nine months later, Rosa sat in her seat. It takes nine months to have a baby. That's the gestation period of nine months. It's going to be a, a something's going to birth and somebody else when you take a stand. I'm not trying to just play, play the numbers game. I just want you to know you're not going to see the evidence right away. But if you just stay the course, something's going to ripple through this house and there's going to be a Holy Ghost revival and your home's going to be healed and your life is going to be changed. Why sit there too? you die you have the authority and the power come on out of your mouth begin to praise him out of your mouth begin to do something that you've never done before make a commitment right now I'm not going down I can't go back and I can't sit here it's a lonely ride but a change has got to come